It's time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s uncensored. It's time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s uncensored. It's time for your weekly dose of nostalgia. It's time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s uncensored. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about Groundhog Day. Is that what? Is that a noise that a groundhog makes? No. You remember <laughs> in the movie um, where he, he wakes up to those those radio dudes yeah talking yeah mm-hmm. and that's how they say it they oh. they say it's groundhog day and then they start making pig noises oh okay i know i didn't yeah, i know this movie pretty yeah, well apparently because... you do yeah so this is a good choice for you so groundhog day turns 30 does that make you feel old jamie yeah it does yeah and uh in honor of that around the time this episode's going out it actually will be groundhog day Yep, and you'll probably know or not whether we're going to have more winter. Mm. Hopefully, that groundhog is good to us because this this winter's been really for for everybody. It's been really bad, so we need a little something, something from that little that little rodent hook us up. Yeah. Uh, well, just real quickly, because we're going to assume most everyone has seen the film or at least knows what it's about. Uh, directed by Harold Ramis, starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. Groundhog Day follows Bill Murray's character, who is a radio or a um, a news a uh, weatherman. The weatherman, yeah, like a go. news weatherman. News weatherman, and he basically gets stuck in a loop of living the same day over and over again. And this is my favorite movie. Of yeah. All time. So, what makes this such a great movie, Jamie? So, and and it's so interesting because you and I would t- we've talked about the fact that we don't like rom coms, mm-hmm. but then my favorite movie of all time is a rom com. And we've reviewed rom-coms, and I've liked those. So I'm starting to think maybe I'm a closeted rom-com fan. (laughs) I believe that. But for every rom-com that I like, I can give you 20 that I don't. So Yeah, that's fair. But this one I do like. And and I think it's just really – it's it's a real journey of this guy. So Bill Murray plays this weatherman, and he's just a real dick, right? And he's – self-absorbed and narcissistic and and full of himself and he he's hard to like but you still kind of like him because he's kind he's pretty funny <laughs> so he's still, he's still bill likeable. murray i mean you can kind of not like bill murray but you also kind of like bill murray yeah so even his co-workers they just think he's this pessimistic self-absorbed dick but they, every once in a while you'll catch him smiling at, at what he says because he's funny dude and and it's just his whole journey and it, it, I think it's such an interesting concept. Like, what if you could live? According to Hale, Harold Ramis, it's about thirty to forty years. The original script had it ten thousand years, but he repeats the same day thirty to forty years. And like, how, how would you? How would you? What could you do with the same day thirty four? Especially, he's in this town. He hates this town. He doesn't want to do this job. He hates the town. So it's not even a good. He even says, "Man, I was on a beach like." having sex with a girl and eat lobster and why why can't i repeat that day why do i gotta repeat this day yeah <laughs> so it's just it's, it's very it's very unique um and the the harold ramus got letters from like buddhists and jesuits who are like yeah thanks for conveying our message and he's like yeah okay whatever because <laughs> it's kind of a religious thing too man it's a spiritual thing man like what if you were waking up every day for 30 40 years like what what kind of person would you become it's a trip, dude. It's so good. But it's also funny and lighthearted. And I like funny, lighthearted films. And this this doesn't explore intentionally like, hey, what could you really do if you knew there were, if there were no consequences, right? 
um they kind of like didn't explore like how dark they could get with that <laughs> yeah they kept it pretty light versus uh you know, would you go on just a murdering a rampage or any of that kind of stuff yeah they kept nice. it light so yeah. it's really feel good and and i think it's interesting but it's also feel good um so i, I just dig it i dig this movie so much um it is my favorite movie of all time yeah, it is a fun movie. Obviously, Bill Murray is perfectly cast in this role. I know that they looked and thought about other people, and really it came down to Bill Murray is likable, but also dislikable. Where Versus yeah. if you cast like Tom Hanks in it, everybody would be like, no, everybody likes Tom Hanks. You could not not like Tom Hanks, right? Right. He, even stuff. if he acts like a dick, he's still like pretty likable, like just his presence. But Bill Murray, yeah, like you said, he's not likable, but likable. He, yeah, he was perfect for this. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, him here and him and Harold Ramis were friends at the time. I think was this the film that they had a falling out on, or was it a different yeah, film? Yeah, it was this one. So they um Harold Ramis' daughter wrote a book about about like her life growing up with Harold Ramis and stuff. And yeah, they had a big falling out in this, in this, uh, a lot of creative differences. A lot of like bad blood started in this film, which is so weird because it's such a great movie. But there was a point where even Harold Ramis did the whole grab by the collar, put against the wall thing. And Harold Ramis doesn't do that, right? So No. And, and I think it's also because, you know, Bill Murray was going through a divorce at this time. And he was pretty angsty. And so they they did. They This was their last collaboration together. And they really didn't even talk to each other after this, which is super sad. Yeah. Yeah, to my understanding, when Ramis was more or less on his deathbed... Bill Murray finally made the effort to kind of reach out to him and stuff, but a bit late at that point in time, you know, it's too bad. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, they had made so many movies together before this, kind of really fun comedies, yeah. Meatballs and Ghostbusters and and just the, the, the whole handful of movies that were really good. So it's kind of a bummer, like whatever happened. I guess that kind of stuff happens though, man, when you're doing art. Maybe someday you and I will get like all butthurt. And like, I'll throw you up against the wall and you'll throw whiskey bottles at me. And you'd be like, you changed, man. Things changed to, you. It used to be, be like, about the show, man. It used to be about the show. It used to be about the show. It used to be about the art, man. It used to be about the podcast, buddy. Uh, it's an interesting concept because at first you think, oh, that'd be cool. You have to repeat the same day over and over again. You can, you know, do whatever the heck you want. But yeah, imagine 10 years of the same day, you would go insane. You know, you couldn't see all of the world, right? Because you can only go so far in a day. So you really are kind of stuck in a certain area and interacting with the same people and stuff. It is interesting too, how they kind of go through those multi-stages of grief throughout the film as well. Like mm -hmm. you start off with your like, you know, the denial and the acceptance and the anger and, you know, whatever the various stages are. And you see that too, as he goes through all the stages and ends up in that acceptance stage towards the end where he's like, okay, I've now accepted this. And yeah, that whole stages of grief was the model for the character, which I thought was interesting. So he's living the same day over and over again. And at first he become he's petty, like, well, I'll just kind of get with the hot chick, Nancy, and get it on with her and, and spend all my money because I know I'm going to get it back anyway and do all the, you know, go to the movies dressed up and have the girl dressed up for no reason. Crazy starts doing just crazy petty things. Mm -hmm. Then he starts to try to kill himself, but he can't, he can't because every time he dies, he, he keeps waking up. <laughs> 
Yeah, and the scenes, of course, with the groundhog are just. My, I mean, the most iconic to me is the driving the truck off the cliff one, with the because yeah. <laughs> he kidnaps groundhog. the groundhog. Yeah, and the groundhog. You can he's see like, this is your fault, groundhog. <laughs> and it's like he's trying to escape. That you can see the groundhog is literally like pulling on the steering wheel, like trying to escape, and he's yeah. just stuck being held by Bill Murray the whole time. Well, it's that like, groundhog bit Bill Murray three yeah, times. Pretty bad, apparently. Yeah, he went to the hospital. He had to get like rabies shots, and he had to go to the hospital because that. <laughs> That groundhog jacked him up, bro. <laughs> that groundhog yeah. didn't like him, dude. <laughs> Gotta be nicer to the groundhog, Bill. Yeah. But then after he tries to kill himself, he, he knows everything's going to happen right in the town. So then he becomes kind of this Superman where he goes and he he saves the mayor, played by Brian Doyle Murray, who, who is his big brother, by the way. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and he saves the mare from choking, and he like helps the old ladies out with the flat tire, and he saves the kid from falling out of the tree. That kid later uh, in his life became an anchor man, by the way, if you didn't know that. Um, so he's like this Superman going around saving everybody. And then instead of wasting time with frivolous activities like doing stupid things, he starts, you know, learning all these life skills like ice sculpting and piano and all this stuff and i'm like yeah that that's probably how i would be actually i, I would probably start doing frivolous stupid things mm -hmm. well let's let's be straight i'd probably just do those frivolous stupid things for as long as i was in that loop <laughs> so i admire him for like actually wanting to help improve himself <laughs> well i think that's the thing right because if you're in it for such a long period of time you you would get bored of the frivolous things and then start to yeah, do other stuff yeah probably huh did have you seen a film called palm springs it came out a couple of years ago you told me about that yeah, i haven't I, seen it yet though. i mentioned you, it yeah you, you mentioned that to me yeah it's with andy sandberg and it's the same concept that he's stuck in a loop but it more or less focuses on him sticking with the frivolous things aspect of it. He doesn't really spend a whole lot of time improving himself. But what's interesting about this one is other people can get caught in the loop with him. And so oh. there's that aspect of like what happens if somebody else is in the same loop as you it is kind of well, a that would that would enter time. that would be a whole different thing then because then it's like well that's the only other person that's not in this loop. That's the only other person that's going to surprise me in some way. And then you probably get some crazy codependency action going on with that. Got to see the movie. Oh, it, I got to see that movie. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. I it, it Groundhog Day is a brilliant film, obviously, but it is nice to see that because most of the time, this movie looping thing that they do when they do it in TV series or when they do it in in films, I don't like it. There are literally two films that do the looping thing that I like: mm -hmm. this one and Palm Springs. Uh, I, I'm going to watch it this weekend. Totally. Yeah. I get really, especially in sci-fi, like sci-fi series and stuff and like Star Trek and that kind of stuff when they do, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I'm so bored. I would mm -hmm. turn it off. I lost interest. Throughout the whole thing though, he's got his coworker played by Andy McDowell who got to use her Southern accent, by the way. She said, Hey, can I just use my natural accent? Harold's like, yeah, totally. It's a charming thing actually let's use it so she lays it on thick with the southern accent which is great but she's like it doesn't matter she's the one thing that he can't get because no matter what he does and no matter how close he gets he can't get with her because i think she won't accept anything but his best right so he 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 ha he's he has to do his best he has to be his best but 
it's not even for her. It's like for himself finally realizes, right? He's really just being the best person he could be for himself. And if he has to live in this looping world forever, he might as well be the best person he can be. Yeah. So Which it's pretty nice deep, lesson. right? It's funny and it's fun, but it's kind of deep, dude. It's yeah. kind of deep. Guess that's why the Buddhists like it. Yeah, and the Jesuits. It's funny because all the religions are like, yeah, that's totally our message. Yeah. If you keep living the same life over and over, you'll become a better person. Okay. Yeah. I think I'd be the opposite. I think I'd become a worse person. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it again. And what awful things can I do today? Yeah, you would... Your your movie would be rated R. Totally. Your movie would be rated NC seventeen, dude. Exactly. Milo's Loop. Uh, no kids under seventeen admitted. <laughs> <laughs> the worst loop. You thought Saw was bad. <laughs> no, wait till this. But the dread would be though, like if you're in that kind of a loop, right, and you just become an awful person because you know oh, it doesn't matter. The next day it'll restart, and then that's the when it ends, right? So you're like getting busted by the cops for like, you know, going on a murderous rampage or whatever. And it's like, okay, loop over. And you're like, no. Yeah. Well, that would be the big problem though, right? Is you wouldn't, you, you You wouldn't know know if the loop's ever going to end. So even if you wanted to do all this crazy things, that might be the last day in your loop. Yep. So then you're going to spend the rest of your day in prison, which is kind of its own loop because you're just in prison every <laughs> day because you didn't know when your loop was going to end. You yeah. went on a murderous rampage like a like a freaking Viking and just like destroyed your Killed town everything, and everybody, yeah. whatever. And then, you're in, and then you're in prison the rest of your life. Or the insane asylum. Be like, no, this is supposed to be a loop. It's a loop. <laughs> this isn't supposed to be happening. Reset button. Reset. On, why is the loop not resetting? Yeah. But I, I was pretty, I, I don't, I like this kind of feel good kind of movies. And this, this was good. I, I like, like Ned Ryerson. He was pretty funny. The insurance salesman, so annoying. <laughs> Hello. Remember Yay. me? Yeah, am no. I right or am I right or am I right? Right. Right. And he finally, he, he decks him. One day he acts like he's all involved with him and makes him run away. He's just, he he's awesome. I, um, that actor who played um, Ned Ryerson, he got to be the um, grand guy and the actual Puxatani, you know, oh, Groundhog Day ceremony. Yeah. Didn't Bill Murray get to do that at some point as well? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the actors have at some point been the Grand Warden or whatever they call it. In Puxatani, which is interesting because th- th- this movie was not filmed in Puxatani. It was filmed in uh, Woodstock, Illinois, because they wanted kind of a bigger town. Like It not... didn't have quite the right look. Yeah, it didn't have a... Because Puxatani is just kind of this little town, and they don't even have the ceremony there. They have the ceremony like two miles out in a field, like two miles away from the town. So they're like, yeah, we're going to actually not do that we're gonna go to a like a town that's big enough to look like a town and a place and where be a little more interesting and actually has a place where people could stay and all that kind of stuff yeah and even when when bill murray's talking to that that character that ned the head ryerson if you look behind him you'll see woodstock jewelers and it's named after the town they're filming in and when he steps into that that puddle, the puddle. they have a little footprint plaque there that says Bill Murray stepped here <laughs> and that corner is called Ned Ryerson corner. They changed the name. <laughs> yeah, they did. 
I want to go there and check it out. <laughs> I kind of want to go there too and check it out. I think that'd be cool. So if you had a choice between going to the real Puxatawney or Woodstock, Illinois, which one would you go? Oh, that's tough, man. Uh, I mean, they're not that far away. You could potentially do both, right? Yeah, but 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 you had to choose one. If you had to choose one, I'd go to the real one. I'd go to actually, I'd go to Puxatawney because you know all you're seeing in Woodstock is Bill Murray stood here and the name of the road and you know some of the, the I think that the the, uh, the inn that he stays at from the outside is there or something like that and a couple of other buildings, uh, but. I don't know. I, I think I'd be kind of fun to actually hang out and watch Phil come out of his little hole with the town and stuff. So I'd, I'd want to be there for the actual Groundhog Day experience. Yeah, but then that's it, right? Yeah. And then you're in the town that they didn't even want to film in. So I'd go, I'd, go to, I'd go to Woodstock because then you could go like movie destination touring. Um, you and eat see in the cafe. The... Yeah, do all that. I, I, I want to do the that kind of thing with the movie destination tourism thing yeah totally i'm sure they love it that you know, getting all the tourists and stuff into town brings money into town yeah there's a lot of um there's a lot of trivia and history behind this movie because i guess a lot, a lot of people do like it yeah um, it's great it did well financially it uh made tons of money especially for yeah. a comedy it 14 million 14.6 million budget 71 million gross so yeah that's nice yeah. Um, it's a classic. People watch it. I, people refer to it as a Christmas movie, though, which kind of annoys me because it's a Groundhog Day movie. But a lot of people <laughs> watch it. It's not a Christmas, Christmas. movie because it's I, that's in February. It's a post-Christmas movie. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of people watch it on Christmas. It's part of their Well, like, you can watch Christmas it on Christmas, routine. but it's not, you know. I watched Batman Returns Batman because Returns it's got that Christmas, Christmas feel. doesn't mean it's a Christmas movie. But yeah, exactly. It's a Groundhog Day movie for sure. That's what I'm Did saying. you know there's exactly 38 days depicted in this film? Someone actually went in and started with a counter and counted how many days. So in the film, there were 38 days, but Harold Ramis said it's about 30 to 40 years. And the original the original story was like 10,000 years. Yeah, that's insane. Like you you would go insane. There's no way for 10,000 years the same day. Like So I, I do like the fact that they changed that. I saw a thing with the the writer of the original script kind of talking about like, I love it. I love the fact that it got made, but there, my original script was a bit darker than this. And yeah. So I, th I think it works. It, it was, it's nice that Ramus kind of knew what to do to the script to make it something that people would want to see and would want to watch over and over again for generations and stuff. So props to Harold Ramus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Harold, he, he kind of knows what's up with movies. He He's a, professional filmmaker he he knows what's up it was written by danny rubin yeah danny rubin and it's a great story um mm -hmm. but yeah according to him it was really it was pretty dark actually it was like a black comedy and harold ramus really kind of turned up the good feel which works i think yeah i think it works i like it because i, I you know especially today everything's all dark and stuff all the time and it's it's not even it's not even cool it it's not because everybody's doing it they're like oh yeah let's make star trek rated r let's make this dark and gritty everything's dark and gritty and when everything's dark and gritty nothing is right 
it's just it's it's tires it's tiresome i don't want to watch anything anymore but i get a movie like groundhog day and no matter how many times i watch it i can it's a feel good fun movie and i don't know if they do those anymore they're hard to find man i can't i mean it's pretty rare that i see a movie that's like this where i'm just like oh that was nice that, that you know and you're done watching you're like i feel good i enjoyed that it didn't preach to me. It just, you know, I was able to actually see it because it wasn't so dark. I had to or it didn't have some kind of cultural or political bent to it because everything's got a message now. The acting, it's not mumblecore acting where all the actors are like, I'm such a serious actor. I got to talk like this whenever <laughs> I want to sell my lines. And I'm so dark and serious. I'm so serious. I got my talk like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know I'm a serious actor is because I mumble everything I say. I mumble. I'm Steve. I'm Steven Seagal. I talk like Steven Seagal. Yeah. So, but here, here's the deal. That it's not like dark stuff didn't come out the same year, 1993. Like Falling Down came out, right? Great film. So that that's that's not a lighthearted film. Some guy snaps and he goes around town and he 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 snaps, right? Yeah. It's pretty dark stuff. So we still had dark stuff, but it's. It's good dark stuff, and not everything was dark. Yeah, like you it's could relatable have dark stuff, like falling down. You're like, yeah, man, yeah, that's that's I gonna can, be me. I want to do that. Yeah, one when of these I days was, I'm gonna do that. When I was a kid, <laughs> totally watching that movie. That 30 years later, I'd be pretty much on the cusp of being that guy, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can also relate to like Phil and in 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 this movie in Groundhog Day too. Because I'm pretty, I'm very cynical, dude. I've like in my older years, I'm cynical, I'm pessimistic. I think I'm kind of a dick, and I think that people kind of like me because I'm kind of funny, but they also don't like me because I'm kind of a dick. <laughs> I'm totally well, I that guy. You to people. I'm like Jamie's a dick, and they're like, "Well, he seems really nice on the show," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's just on the show. Like in real life, he's <laughs> <Yeah>. a total dick." <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So that's why I'm saying like. These kind of movies remind me that maybe I maybe maybe life is okay. Maybe I don't have to be such a dick. I don't have to be so pessimistic all the time. There you go. You feeling down? Watch Groundhog Day. Totally. So happy anniversary, 30th anniversary to my favorite movie, Groundhog Day. Everybody who made it is awesome. Thank you for making such an awesome movie. Absolutely. Well, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to leave us a positive review on whatever podcast player it is that you listen to us on. You can follow us on the social media channels at the80sand90s.com. You can find us on the web at the80sand90s.com. And with that, we are out of here like Poxitani Phil's chances of not seeing his shadow this February. It's going to be a long winter, folks. A long winter. Yeah, it is. <laughs>